Hey, welcome to the Road and Morale podcast. Did you ever feel like screaming out in the office on Zoom or outside the school gate? For the love of God, come on, really? And if this is you and you're looking for an honest, fun and frank podcast on life and business, then sit back and listen to me, Rona Morrell. I'll be bringing great people on the show to talk, share and debate their life experiences and business challenges. Keeping the show unpolished, but with a fun and unique British style. With sarcasm, tenacity, or maybe a few swear words or tears. This podcast keeps it real, honest, raw, and removes the bullshit in the only way I know how. Through authenticity and getting shit done. Think of it less like the Housewives of New York or Towie with the lipo and drama, and more like the house lives of the real world. I hope you'll take something away to be better informed, laugh, smile, or maybe even finally get in the confidence to shout, come on really. So enjoy. Hey Rob, welcome to the Rona Morale podcast. How are you? Hi Rona. I'm sorry, I've just come running in the rain late as usual, so I'm kind of a mess, but I'll survive. <laughs> I have no, no such excuse, but I still look a mess, so that's fine. So I'd love for the listeners um, to um, engross themselves in the next uh, 30 minutes. I'd love to introduce Rob. Uh, Rob Herstoff is somebody that I know as the chief, um, but I'll give you a quick background to Rob. So Rob is a residing in South Africa, but has lived over 30 years in the States, Europe and the UK. He's a senior executive and a private investor. He's also the founder and chairman of many businesses, but mostly for Invest Africa, which I know you found that there was an opportunity in 2013 for individuals um, that wanted to get involved in pan-African investments. Um, I know you come from um, the South African and African background and you have a passion for that through your father and grandfather. Um, the fabulous Bob, who founded one of South Africa's largest mining um, and industrial companies. So I know you through S Group, and that's probably where I um, have entered this world into Smutby, and maybe you'll touch on that a little bit during this session. Um, but really, that's an international kind of community of uh, private members, and our motto is very much around um, paying the goodness forward, which is a philosophy I absolutely adore. So thank you for welcoming me into that world. But for the next 30 minutes, Rob, please, I would love to challenge and question you on how you deal with risk taking in the world of business, how much different it is for someone like you that maybe can make a choice without having a financial risk versus someone like me, a young entrepreneur, well, not so young anymore. So over to you, please, please, let's, let's chat about risk-taking and business. You know, I'm probably not the right person to talk about it because I've got a safety net. And, but maybe that's the interesting angle. You know, I was born in, to one of the wealthiest families in South Africa. And in, a, in that situation, you, you wake up and you go, I'm one of the lucky ones because, you know, whatever you do in life, there's a safety net. And, and very, very few people have a safety net. Yeah. You know, life, the government safety nets and very few people have personal safety nets. So I was able to take risks a lot of other people couldn't take. But then again, I look at a lot of people in comparable situations and very few of them have achieved what they could have achieved, have done what, you know, their situation has allowed them to do. 
So I think I'm, I'm kind of proud of myself on the one hand for being born into such a privileged, amazing life with a safety net. But on the other hand, I've taken risks. I've failed, I've succeeded. I've done a huge amount and you know, I've just turned 60 and at some point I'm gonna work out what I'm gonna do with my career. I haven't worked it out yet. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, maybe if at 60 you, uh, you haven't, I, I guess you never will, but that's what makes you an entrepreneur. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think I love what I do. And so it doesn't make it a job. Um, you know, in fact, I've loved what I've, I didn't enjoy boarding school. Right. But I loved university. I found my two years in the military service so bizarre and weird and crazy that it was like, whoa, you know, I've been let to, I've been let into this crazy environment to see it from my perspective. So I found it fascinating. And then everything I've ever done has been just a mad experiment or an experience. So what do you think, what's been probably the biggest risk you've ever taken? That could be personally or professionally, but what would that be? So I take a lot of risks um, in business. You know, what I've learned is to hold the reins back a little bit. You know, I, I get excited about a new idea. I do a modicum of research, which is basically asking five or 10 of the most smartest, most interesting people, what do you think of this idea? Or I'll throw it out there at a dinner party and listen. And it's my form of research. And then if, you know, most people go, that won't work because of X, Y, Z. Everyone's an ex expert on telling you how things won't work. Yeah. And why entrepreneurs are different is they kind of don't really listen. They just go, I can make it work. I'm different. Yeah. But the reality is actually between the two. The reality is, what they're saying has validity, but your energy and enthusiasm has validity too. Yeah. But then you have to overlay that with the specific skills that you have. And it takes time to work those out. Hmm. You know, I talk to a lot of young people about, a lot of parents say, will you talk to my son or daughter about what they should do, which universities should go to, what they should study, what they should do after university, stuff like that. And I love it. I love talking to young people. And uh, my advice pretty much stays the same. So when you have people's doubt about an idea, your enthusiasm, you have to overlay it with what are your skills. And yeah. the sooner you work that out, the better. And I kind of know what mine are. I've had my natural skills and my skills from learning. My natural skills are confidence. Mm -hmm. I love public speaking, standing up and speaking, telling jokes. Um, I'm a great salesman and my training has given me the financial skills, the logistic, the, you know, the, the comprehensive business skills along the way. What am I weak at? Yeah. I'm not very good at sitting still. I'm not very good about sitting in a meeting for longer than an hour. I, in minutiae, you know, if people are arguing over minutiae, I go crazy. Yeah. So there are people better at all of those things than me. And the sooner I bring them in, the more successful I'll be. So what's I don't know if that makes sense. It, no, it, it does. And I think I'm I, quickly in my head, I'm thinking, right, what's, what do I know are my natural skill sets? And certainly kind of you know, confidence, tenacity, humor, you know, I'm, I'm well known for, you know, getting shit done. And so I think yeah. <laughs> that's, that's probably what my, what my skill sets boil down to. But 
what sort of advice did did your granddad Bob and your dad sort of give you that's really resonated with you and gone yeah I've kept that with me so my grandfather died before I was born before I was born he died at age 58 mm. and he probably would have been the richest South African that ever lived because he was on a trajectory second to none <clears throat> and he died of a heart disease that can be solved with a pill today but anyway Mm. And my father then was forced to fight for what he inherited, which gave him a real toughness, focus. But what I learned from him is a great decency, a great kindness and sympathy for humanity. And, you know, my mum and dad are alive. My dad's 94, my mum in her late 80s. And isn't it incredible? They're alive. That's and amazing. they are the most loving. People call them national treasures. If there ever was a royal family of South Africa, yeah. it would be my parents. So my dad was a great story, is a great storyteller, public speaker. My mum is the most loving, family-oriented mother. Yeah. And, and they gave me that. They gave me this sort of, that sensitive, loving kindness. But my dad is a great spirit too, you know. And, you know, and I guess I, I, I really see that through, through Smutby, really, in terms of the type of people that are involved. And when you come on and do your VTs in your headgear yeah. and, and all of that, tell the listeners a little bit more about the, the, the philosophy behind Pay the Goodness Forward and Smutby. So I have, I don't know how to say this, but I have serious businesses based out of London, finance, investment, investment banking, Invest Africa, Vistajet, and, and then I have this mad experimental crazy business called S Group and Smutby. And it's 85 WhatsApp channels. How do you explain to someone you have a business based on 85 WhatsApp channels? They go, <laughs> this guy's loopy, you know. But it's, it's got a DNA, it's got a real stickiness. It's, a, it's, you know, people join, it's friends and friends of friends and people join and they feel different the minute they join because everybody says, introduce yourself. They, they're welcomed. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like a group of friends in a bar who argue and fight, <laughs> make up, have a drink, shake hands, drive each other home. You know, the one's drunk, you carry him, him or her home. It's about a, it's sort of an extended family. And there are people that have been added to Smut BNS group, and I won't mention names, but the 2,500 people yeah. who have said it's changed their life. And it's not me, it's, it's just how we all interact with one another. And, and the pay the goodness forward, I didn't come up with it. I stole it from a, a sort of pretty mediocre Hollywood movie called Pay It Forward, right. which had Kevin Spacey in it. And I actually know Kevin Spacey and I like him very much. I know he's yeah. been accused of yeah. you know, hitting on guys, but he is gay and so what, who cares? Um, and, and in the movie, it wasn't a very good movie, but in the movie, the thesis was, you know, if somebody does you a favor, you don't pay them back. You pay it forward to someone else. I've always liked that. I've always thought that really is the basis of all religions, if you really think about it. God yeah. is love. God is love. If you say to any religion, God is love, they go, yes, that's the basis of our religion. But then you take God is love to where they are today, and it's chaos. Do you, do you, do and you, I just, in, I just found the, I found the platform for, for pay the goodness forward in smart cleaners group. And I just, one day I said, let's have a mantra. Let's make it pay the goodness forward. And it's really, it's been a beautiful thing. I love it too. 
I must admit, it's um, it certainly helped me in times of kind of um, being at home and, and isolated and it, it, it kind of ticks those boxes of getting shit done. You, you might put up a post and say, well, I need help with this. Can someone do this? And within an hour, you're like, my God, it's, it's solved. And so for those reasons, I think it's fantastic. I think the, the pay it forward thing is, is close to me in terms of my, my kind of rawness, my honesty and my values. But I guess sometimes I find it quite hard and frustrating because you, you can feel like you're constantly paying it forward um and, and and never getting anywhere this isn't re- relative to Smotby, but do you ha- how often do you kind of pay it forward or help someone before you kind of go you're out i have a three strike rule but so so young and rupert uh, um, who owns richmond and many other businesses he's a south african very successful extraordinary south african billionaire and worldwide entrepreneur and he says there are two types of people in the world and he's absolutely right he said they're givers and takers mm-hmm. you're either a giver or a taker that's it so it's very simple and he's absolutely right and this lockdown really made a big impact on me not only just the animals outside running wild looking at us trapped in our homes which is a concept that i want to think about a bit deeper yeah but also who stepped up who said you know what there are people suffering worse than I need to do something about it. And that was me. And, you know, you know, I've always given money to charity and made an effort and feel good about the world. But this lockdown changed me. Yeah. And I felt that I could make a difference and I wanted to make a difference and pay the goodness forward was one way. But the second way was I used to be, I always feel sorry for the average person because I'm so damn lucky, you know, yeah. money, I've got, you know, I've got my hair at age 60, whatever else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very lucky and I just think what it's how tough it is to be the average person in the street. And when I'm driving around the area I live in, you know, there's some hills and I see these members of staff, mostly female, quite heavy with bags, walking up a hill. And I just think I have to do this every day. So I pull over, wand down the window and say, where are you going? Hop in. And even if it's out of my way, I drive them. Yeah. And I feel so good about myself that day. Yeah. So I've called it a RAC, R-A-K, a random act of kindness, yeah. where they don't know who you are. You're anonymous, but you're just doing a nice thing for someone. And you feel, I mean, one day this woman burst out crying. She yeah. just said, no one's ever done this for me. And I, I, the tears poured down my eyes. I called my wife and said, the reason I'm late, and I told her the story, and she was so proud of me. And I just felt good about myself. So I love doing random acts of kindness, you know, yeah, so, and, and I think I don't, it, listen, don't, don't think I'm a saint, okay? <laughs> I'm as I, bad I as the next won't. guy, but I but certainly it, won't. Yeah, yeah. No, but I think that there's something truth in that. I think, you know, I have to do it with my kids and I'll I'll stop and buy lunch for someone on the street or um, you know, giving someone a lift and they'll go, Mummy, why are you doing that? And I go, Well, why wouldn't I do that? And I think it is just that how do we how can we empower the world to be like that. If, if every single person did that once a day, what a better place but, we'd be in. But I think that most people do. Mm. They just don't get celebrated. It doesn't get announced. It, there's no newspaper that has good news in it. No. It is what it is, you know. And, and <laughs> another great friend of mine, also happens to be a billionaire, Dermot Desmond, is an extraordinary yeah. man. I adore him. And he always has these pearls of wisdom. And 
he says the great destroyers in life are two things, ego and envy. So ego is you're projecting someone that you're not. You're, you're pretending to be something else. And envy is when you want what other people have. Yeah. So you're not comfortable in your own skin. And I think when it comes to givers and takers in life, yeah. takers are people that are, want what other people have, aren't comfortable in their own skin. And I, I want to throw something else in here. Mm. And that is about 10 years, eight years ago, we were moving how I'd sold my house at the right time for the wrong reason, luck. And we were moving to a rental house in London. And my wife said to me, why are we taking a thousand books that you don't read? And I said, well, I like my books. She said, no, you don't. You never read them. I said, well, they're, know, I like them. <laughs> and she said, that's nonsense. So she told me to choose the three categories I like the most, history, art, Africa, yeah. pile them up, throw everything else away. And I'm going to cut this short because it took, this was days of arguing. Cut a long story short, I have 10 books left in my life now. Okay. I have no vases, no, no, I don't wear watches. She never wanted an engagement ring, wedding ring. She, she minimalized me. I right. became a minimalist. I only wear blue and white. Look, blue and white. Hey. Ever, ever. You know, I only wear blue suits, white shirts, blue ties. And I can pack my life into four suitcases. Yeah. You can come to my house and if you like a picture, you can have it. I have nothing of value or nothing of, of, of value in my life because I am a minimalist and it clears your mind. Yeah. And I think it's it, the being a minimalist has been an important path to being a better person and enjoying life more. I'm not on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn, no. not on them. I'm on no. 85 WhatsApp groups. Loopy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and my wife has got such an amazing view on the world. She, I mean, she's changed me in, in mm. such a positive way. We like three things. You ready? You're sitting down. I'm ready. We like lots of money in the bank. Not a bad tick, thing. Tick. Big houses and great experiences. Okay. So we do the craziest things known to man. Because, you know, in a year, two years, three years, I look at her and I say, do you remember when we went to that sex robot factory in Tokyo? Or <laughs> I made that one up. I made that one up. Uh, it's I don't just know. the maddest things. And, and if you think about in your house, what do you have that your grandmother gave you? Probably a picture. You have this one, ring. Yeah, right. You have a ring. You have a ring. Lovely. Most people have one thing, a picture, which they don't know where it is now, or something. Mm. And granny's gone. And you just, all you remember in your heart was, you know, the little things and the sweet. That's what it is. Yeah. So now I'm going to get deep, okay? Sorry, I'm a bit of a monologue. I, no, no, I love it. should let you dive in. What is the purpose of life? Ooh, this is heavy. Well, you know, I can't believe you got me here. Purpose is a, bit, is a massive thing. The purpose of life. The purpose of life, and I wish I had a better description, is, is self-improvement. Yeah. If you make yourself a kinder, better, funnier, cleverer, more charming, decent, generous human being, yeah. you improve the life, the lives of people around you. Mm-hmm. And so it goes. And that love and kindness and generosity and humor spreads. Just creates and a wave. Creates a wave. The butterfly effect. Yeah. And when you die, when you're gone, you are gone. There's no second life. I mean, that's, there's no way. It can't be. Yeah. 
you're gone. So what do you leave other than the ring that you have and the picture that I have, which I don't know where I put it, you leave those wonderful experiences and feelings of, you know, you know what I mean? No, absolutely. And I think, you know, for me, I have, I have two daughters. So for me, it's all about, yes, I'll inherit this ring at some point, but our life is always about experiences, feelings, emotions. And I guess probably where I get most frustrated is more around how does the average person like me, you know, I get so pissed off that money has to be an issue that I have to, it is an issue. And so I want to dedicate the rest of my life to working on climate change. That's my, my big thing. And I'm a founding member of ARC 2030 and, and I'm doing some stuff, but in the back of my head constantly, it's like, but I need to still do stuff to bring in the money. And I, but you I, do. Yeah, but I do. do. Listen, everyone listening, your audience are thinking, he's the lucky sperm club. He's, <laughs> he was born rich. And it's true, I am, I'm sorry. It, yeah, it is what truth. it is. Yeah. You know, I, I'm quite glad actually, I'm thrilled. I didn't want any different, but it, but it do, has allowed me to see life in a different way. And I, I do believe I'm doing good. So I'm making up for that yeah. benefit that I got of no fault of my own. But it's, money is important. Let's not yeah. get it wrong. You know, yeah. if you want to live in a socialist society where, the, where other people make every decision for you, you're completely mad. You are mad. You're actually stupid if you believe in socialism. All socialists listening to this, you're stupid. <laughs> On me. <laughs> now you're told. So, so money is important, you know, and working yep. is important and discipline is important and saving for the winter and saving for the difficult is important. But I tell you what is not important. Your car, your one set of brand, but your yep. Rolex, your fancy car, your, I mean, that's irrelevant. The pictures on the wall, who cares? Yeah. Why do you really care about those possessions? You know, my wife, when I proposed to her, we were in a tree in Germany in the snow shooting wild boar. Okay, I shoot. And she was pointing them out to me. And I turned to her with a loaded rifle and I said, will you marry me? <laughs> and she looked at me and said, I, you, I thought you'd never, you were never going to ask me. I'll marry you, but if you ever give me a wedding ring, engagement ring, jewelry, watches, I will sell them on eBay. And I went, well, what do you do with the money? She said, I'll give it to my parents. Yeah. I said, that's interesting. Why? Why would you do this? She said, because why should De Beers tell me this shiny stone's worth anything? Yeah. Why should Hallmark cards tell me tomorrow's Mother's Day? It's marketing. It's nonsense. She's so right. Yeah. These possessions we all aspire to, it's just rubbish. The only possession you need that changes your life is a private jet. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll strip all of that back. I'll sell the yeah, house. Right. I'll get rid of the diamonds and I'll, I'll come and invest in Vista yeah. Jet with you uh, for sure. But So you, no. money is important, but possessions are not. That's probably the way to look at it. Yeah. And I, and to be fair, I, I massively agree with that. I think um, our, our family is all about experiences. So, you know, I've always said, if a doctor said to me tomorrow, right, time's up, you're out of here. I could genuinely look back at my life and, uh, and say, I've done some really crazy shit. I've traveled the world. I've tried everything, you know, well, not everything. That could be a bit dodgy, but tried lots of things. And mm. I think I would feel okay if I knew I was going tomorrow. Oh. So, so would I. 
Yeah, and Do I you know think... what they're called? My Irish friend Dermot calls them memories for the rocking chair. Isn't that <laughs> lovely? He said, you've got to have as many memories for the rocking chair as possible. And he, he's so right. And actually, do you know what? As somebody who, you know, has kind of experienced dementia in the family, the one thing I do own and possess is a ridiculous amount of photos because I know that when I get in that rocking chair, um, I'll have probably forgotten half of it. So <laughs> They're experience. Those are experiences. Exactly. You know, I, I was once in London, a park in London with my wife, hand in hand, walking in the winter. And we saw these visitors, Asian visitors, taking pictures of ducks yeah. on a lake. And I said, why do you want to pick, why do you want pictures of a ducks, ducks on a lake? You're going to actually look at them again? And then I read an article which kind of put it all together with me and said, the reason people take pictures is to prove they existed. Hmm. Because we live, we die, we disappear. Yeah. And there's this deep-seated fear that we didn't exist or no one cared, you know, and it's a very sad thing. And I'm going to get the statistics wrong, but I think it's almost 30, 40% of all people living in Africa. Cause that's where I focus. I, I'm sure it, it's not as high in the rest of the world. Yeah. Have no form of identification whatsoever. They have no birth certificate, no driver's license, no proof of address, nothing. They don't exist. They, and this is a, it's a terrible thing. This great friend of mine, Professor Carlos Lopez said, if you want to make a difference to Africa, it's find a way to empower these people with, and, yeah. And they want it. They want to know that I have this document. I live here or I was born then. Isn't that and, and a I, terrifying thing? And I, and I think that's the injustice. So for someone like me, I'm, I'm extremely lucky. I have a home and a family. And I've, I've spent lots of time in Africa, by the way, in South Africa, Kenya, Uganda. Um, I support a little school out in the Bawindi Forest. So I think that that takes minimalism to the absolute extreme. And that's, that's not what's right. I think for those 40% of people to have an identity, a purpose and an education, I think is the critical thing. And I think that comes full circle to um, probably a lot of really clever-minded entrepreneurial people that just never have a voice and are never heard because they don't have that basic, what I think is human right. It's terrifying when you think of extraordinary people who don't have a voice mm. or extraordinary people who are being held back. You know, everybody in this woke liberal world is trying not to say the wrong thing. Okay, right? I'm going. I'm going to gonna now give you my views. Ready? I'm good. Racism is for morons. If you judge a person by the color of their skin, you're a moron. Not you know, you're a socialist. You're a moron. But there is a difference in cultures. Some cultures are better than others, and some yes. religions are better than others. Any religion that tells a woman she's second class needs a reformation. Yeah. Idiotic. And you know what I'm talking about. I do. So there are cultures and religions that are second class and there are cultures, cultures and religions that are better than others, you know, and I'm happy to give you the list of them, but I'm, you know, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's actually, it's actually quite interesting because there are certain ways of different religions that, that tick a box for me. And it's kind of like, it's a pick and mix for me. It's like, if I could pick that bit and pick that bit, that would be my religion and I would live by that. And, and well, you, you'd be I Jewish. 
on Fridays and Saturdays when the Jews all have family events and, and Shabbat. It's the best. You know, um, yeah. with, you know, Christianity, you take the sort of kindness and generosity. I mean, Jesus would hand, give everything away. We'll just stop there. Okay. Those yes. Two good Judeo Christian, two good religions. We'll I'm going with there. the Buddhism as well, actually. That was, that's, what, that's one yeah, of mine. But what businesses have they created? <laughs> they're all sitting trees and be koalas. Where I'm very nice people. Probably, probably where I'm the most happiest, if I'm honest. Listen, I'm, re exactly. I'm, re I'm really, really conscious exactly. of your time. So exactly. we've only got a couple of minutes left, really, um, before yeah. I know you've got to, got to dash off again. But I think what I really wanted to get across to the listeners today was to bring, you know, what it's like for me knowing I'm going to interview a, you know, a multi, you know, millionaire um, who knows everyone on the, you know, that, that, that I can think of um, and actually not be scared by that. Because a lot of the time people go, how can you speak to people like that? What would you ask them? You know, what would you say? And I think one thing I've learned through the podcasting and, and meeting some wonderful people is that we are humans at the end of the day. And if you don't ask, you don't get. And I guess that's me. But um, I just wanted to bring to life that combination that you can have incredibly successful people, but ones that, that give a shit as well and care about yeah. what they're doing. So I've... I've always been a bit childish. At age 60, I feel like I'm like really, my wife's 21 years younger than me and 21 years more mature than me. I'm very childish. I can't sit through a meeting of an hour without cracking jokes, being silly, drawing doodles. I really, I can't help it. Um, and I think it's because I just can't take myself very seriously, let alone life. And when you see someone that's a, a taker or someone that has ego and envy, I just want to wind them up. I love it. You know? <laughs> but, but you I know tell what? you what I don't like. I yeah. really don't like anyone mm. rude to staff or rude to people that can't defend themselves. Shouting at a, at a driver, you know, who's earning nothing. Yeah. His job is to get you from A to B. And maybe it is their fault, but so what, you know? You don't speak to someone And like I just that. hate that, you know? I hate people taking advantage of it. And Rupert Murdoch taught me that. He, he was amazing. He'd, yeah. I worked directly for him he would be nice he would be interested that's the right answer okay in everyone in the doorman in the taxi driver in the guy bringing the coffee you know he'd ask them questions and he was genuinely interested he wasn't faking it because everybody is i mean we're all living on this planet together everyone matters got that's the, the same thing. aspirations yeah and I there think are bad people but most people are good and I think that's why I, in a way, took a punt in asking you to come on, because obviously I'd done a bit of homework and seen you do quite a lot of interviews and been in Forbes. And I was thinking, oh, Christ, my podcast, you know, I'm not suited and booted. This isn't going to be serious. Yeah. Um, but listen, I, you know, I know you've got to dash yeah. off. So, Rob, massive, massive thank you for coming on to the Rona Morale podcast. Thank I hope you, we can do it again in the future and when I can next get to Africa to, to come and have yeah. a drink with you. I love what you're doing. And... You know, I love your spirit and you've got a great approach and a smile in your face. And thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, really. You're very welcome. And to, your, to your audience, for the socialists, you've got a real problem. But for the rest of you, I love you. <laughs> thank you, Rob. All right. Cheers. Bye-bye. Right. So that's it. You've made it. The show's over. Thank you for being with us. I hope you've been able to take something away, maybe solve a problem, or just know you're not alone. Here's hoping it made you smile with a few laughs along the way. Please feel free to find me on all social media channels and you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search the Rona Morale podcast. 
Have an awesome day and see you next time.